You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host today, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, usually at this time in the podcast, this is where we uh, would talk about all of our social media outlets and where you could go and find us. However, um, I just don't feel like sprouting them all out this week. Uh, it's been a tough week for everybody amidst the COVID crisis and the lockdowns, and now with everything that's going on in the States and all the rioting and uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement and the, the passing of George Floyd and everything that's going on, I just, you know, we did uh, uh, Blackout Tuesday where we didn't promote ourselves uh, because we wanted to promote um, black artists or let black artists give the chance to promote themselves so I just feel uh, today is not the best idea to promote ourselves, um, you know. Uh, however, we should promote, um, you know, maybe you go watch a, a crime time match on the network because of Chad Gass, Gassard, uh, Gaspard who just passed away recently. Or maybe you want to watch the Street Profits or maybe you want to watch uh, Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas uh, win the titles. Um, you know, maybe you want to watch the Junkyard Dog, uh, you know, in this WrestleMania match against Harley Race. Maybe you want to watch one of the many, many uh, black actors, uh, black, I mean, black wrestlers who have, uh, who have, uh, you know, uh, done the blood, sweat, and tears for all of us wrestling fans from over the years. Uh, Bad News Brown versus Hogan, or Bad News Allen, depending on which era he's in. It was uh, Rose Hogan from Saturday Night's main event. is a lot of fun, so maybe check that out. Um, you know, any match with uh, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, Doom. I know they're in mass, but they're still African American. Um, and of course, uh, The Rock. You can watch matches from The Rock as well. Uh, you know. I just think uh, it's unfortunate what's going on at the time, and I didn't know if we wanted to do a show today. But um, but then I realized that maybe people look forward to hearing these shows, the, the, their podcasts that they like, and um, they want this hour to get their mind off of what's going on in the world just so they could hear a couple guys talk gibberish about wrestling for an hour. Um, so that's why I thought to do it, and I thought I'd call... A good friend uh, today who uh, also enjoys talking wrestling, and I, one of my American buddies who's down there at this time where times are tough, uh, tougher than what they are up here in Canada. And uh, so today on the show, uh, from the very popular We Watch Wrestling podcast, also from the corporation uh, currently seen on much and Crave Television or Crave TV up here in Canada, uh, can be seen on Comedy Central down the states. Uh, also a regular on Conan in many Conan sketches. Um, yes, from the We Watch Wrestling podcast, Matt McCarthy 
is my guest today, and uh, he is standing by right now in his house over six feet away, all the way in beautiful California, L.A. Um, let's go to the phone call right now that I had with Matt McCarthy. Uh, Casey, take it away. Folks, with me right now at this time, uh, all the way from beautiful L.A., sunny California, I got my good friend on the show with me. You know him from uh, uh, Corporation on Comedy Central, which you can see up here in Canada on Crave and on Much. Uh, you also know him from the We Watch Wrestling podcast, which you can hear weekly. Uh, where are you guys? Where are you guys weekly these days? You're not on Headgum anymore. But right. You tell we're, me. We're I didn't back. get. I didn't get to your name yet. Matt McCarthy's on the show. Matt McCarthy, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Manny McPatty. Uh, yeah, Matt McCarthy uh, from the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Once again, a DIY doing it ourselves podcast. All right, that's Friggin', the way to go. Uh, yeah, Champa and Johnny are back together. DIY, baby. You know what? It seems like when they're back together, they're better than when they are when they are apart, I think. That's right, just like me and Vince. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, well, that's not to say. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Justifying their movie collection is fantastic, and, you and you know, it's just you. Uh, you know, uh, what's the last movie that you've done on that? Uh, I just did Godzilla versus uh, Desto Roya, um, which is just the last of the the, the, the Hesai or Heisei era Godzilla movies, which is basically the you know the early nineties, um, and it was it was it was good. It was it was all right. I mean, <clears throat> they definitely they marketed it at the time as it was going to be the last Godzilla movie, and that they were going to kill Godzilla. Yeah, and then there were there were a lot of elements in it that I really dug. Where they it was the most referential to the first 1954 Godzilla movie that I uh, could ever remember. And actually, one of the actresses reprised her role, you know, like, what, some 40 years later. It was crazy. Oh, jeepers. That's a regular uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's always <clears throat> fantastic. It was, it was a good one. That's fa And that's yeah. fantastic. Um, right now, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm trying to work my way through all of the Godzilla and King Kong movies. And of course, Mothra, because Mothra is integral. But uh, now, leading up to Godzilla versus Kong, but they they keep moving the release date, and now it's supposed to come out in November, and then the world stops spinning, and so now who knows what's going to happen? Now, I think this is a question that needs to be asked: um, Is Richard Pryor's movie considered a King Kong movie? I don't know if I've seen moving. What happens in that? Is there King Kong in that? Yeah, King Kong Bundy is one of the movers. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, that, that's brilliant. I, I, I've never seen that. Oh, what if you, I have it? And you, I you've never seen it? it? It's a, it's, it's, I, see, this is where I want to do, I want to, I want to create a panel show, and I'm actually, I'm in the midst of creating a panel show, and I want to have you on it, because you're, your uh your podcast of movies fits right in where it's basically the show idea is uh is is like uh it's based on nostalgic and it's basically us looking at things from our past and 
discussing today, how does it stand? And, you know, so one of those things I wonder is, like, Richard Pryor, the movie, moving. I thought it was a great movie when I was a kid. Uh, I'm curious to go back and watch it and find out how does it stand today. Um, I would think, okay, I think Dana Carvey stole, like, was really the funniest thing in the movie. And I think he still would be today. Um, But I'm curious to see... And now I have to watch this movie to see how it stands. So, but basically that's the show. And uh, we could talk about wrestling from the past and how it stands today as, uh, as opposed to uh, as well as movies, toys, uh, whatever. You know, like, you know, like the LJM dolls. I think they're LJN. The, the, the wrestling dolls of our childhood, those are very popular today and they still stand today as the top collectors. But, you know, Nobody's collecting the fucking bendies or the thumb wrestlers. That's true. Um, but it, even more interesting, though, at the time, they're great collector's items. Yeah. But at the time, they were terrible toys. Oh, yeah. You couldn't do anything with them. Couldn't do anything with them. That's why the bendies. Especially in a, were... in a period where. Yeah. But especially in a period where, like, he-Man and particularly G.I. Joe, you know, there was so much movement you could have in those toys. And what toys do you want to manipulate their body more than wrestling? So you could do actual wrestling moves with your guys. It was insane. It, it totally was insane. Like, it was like, you know, like G.I. Joe was a massive step up from Star Wars figures. Uh, you could bend their legs and yeah. their joints. And... But then to go on to, and He-Man were really good too because they had cool features like, uh, you know, where you could dent your chest or a man-at-arms. You could dent his chest or something like that, and that would be a cool sure. feature. But, uh, yeah, the wrestling dolls, you know, they just, they just, they're just they just made there to stand and look pretty. That's all they're made to do. <clears throat> I know. It's funny. They are They're so... Uh... They're just so, it's almost like, clearly they didn't intend for them to be collector's items, but that's really the only function they have. And it's funny, too, how in playing with them, the, the paint was so weak. I, mean, I don't know if the paint was cheap or what, but yeah, it was weak. It just, it, it came right off. I mean, it, off. It, it, to get it. Yeah, to, to get one of these guys that doesn't look like, you know, he, he blasted a hole in his, in his ass. It's pretty uh, pretty rare. Yeah, I have a Jimmy Actually, Hart jacket. The jacket's all fucked up, like a Jimmy Hart uh, yeah. doll. And it's all, the jacket's all fucked up. And, you know, and Corporal Kirshner, how many of them did they make? It seems like they're everywhere. <laughs> Nobody wants oh, they're Corporal everywhere. Kirshner. Nobody. The world is lousy with them. No, I uh, I actually the bulk of my collection um, is straight up from WWE headquarters. Like the writers' room was moving from one floor to the next, and there was a bunch of LJ and toys just in the room, and they were like, "These are going to go in the garbage if nobody wants them." Oh my god! Like, yeah, that, yeah, straight up. I would be like, guess what? I just started collecting them. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of the DVDs, it's the same thing, you know? I'm like, I took the DVDs, I took the... And it was like, with the with the LJN, there was, like, senior writers who, like, they kind of got first dibs, 
and yeah. I just grabbed everything that was left, which was fine by me. Um, right. Aside from that, I mean, I have a Bruno in the original package, mint on card, as they say, um, that I bought in Las Vegas with Vince. Uh, we were, I guess we must have been in town for a double or nothing. And then um, bought a Macho Man at that same store, in the collector's store. But I have a Hulk Hogan loose who's mint um, that I got at a garage sale. We were like, if you, if, if the world ever opens up again, if people have garage sales again, yeah, always go to rich neighborhoods because they don't give a fuck. They just want to get rid of the stuff and they don't, they don't care about money. They have no concept of money. So it's like, they're always underpricing shit, you know? Yeah. So I was going through one box in a guy's garage, and I pulled out, and I go, whoa, Hulk Hogan. He goes, oh, you like wrestling? And I was like, yeah. He goes, take it. I'm like, you don't want any money for it? He goes, nah. He's like, I just want to get rid of this stuff. It was my son's. And I'm thinking, this guy has no idea how much money he and he, But he doesn't care. No, he, he doesn't not care. And, no, couldn't care less. He could have no. gotten at least 50 bucks for it. Dude, it's just like when, the dad, when my dad gave away all my Star Wars shit. I still hold resentment to, to, to this day. I had a fucking oh, Millennium Falcon. Awful. And it's and it was given to someone, and I'm so upset about it. Like, like they're like, well, "What would you do with it today?" I'm like, "I don't know, but at least I'd still have it," you know. So, I know I have no no wrestling magazines from when I was a kid. That like one day my room got cleaned and shit vanished, you know, straight in the garbage. I have um, the majority of my wrestling magazines from when I was a kid. Uh, I still go back and read them. And uh, the, the, some of them, they're in some the ones that are in good shape. I want to get signed. <laughs> Is that, did punch that. did punch Turok just come in to talk in wrestling? He came in. He running. came in to use. He, he did a run in punch Turok the Swamp Hawk. He came in to use the waste basket, and then on his way out, he gave me a chop in the shoulder, and then he ran away saying, "That's what you get." <laughs> that that's. That's the best. Heel, that's a great heel line. That's what you get. That's fantastic. For anyone who doesn't know, that that's my four-year-old son. His wrestling persona is Punch Turok, the Swamp Hawk. Yes, and he is, and he is a heel, but it's hard to hate him because he's uh, he's pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. So he literally has a baby face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the magazines, I love collecting those now, especially because uh, like there's just. There's no more. I mean, you can still get a PWI, maybe if you're at a Barnes and Noble or something. But oh, yeah. uh, I love reading the old magazines. Love oh, it. like to me, what amazes me is that um, I think about you know about the magazines, and there it's just like a couple guys just making up everything, and it's just like oh, totally, and it's just like because like you know, and like you just. Bill Apter would interview Roddy Piper, I think. I mean, you maybe even touched this on the show. And there's never an interview that took place. These interviews did not happen. It's just Bill Apter no. typing what he thinks the interview would be like. It's all everything's bullshit. It, the whole magazine, they're all one hundred percent bullshit from start to finish. And it, I asked Ted DiBiase one time. Fucking, I felt like an idiot. Uh, I asked him if him and Steve Williams really had a bet when they both left the uh, the world class wrestling area. Uh, Ted went to New York and Steve Williams went to 
NWA, and they both had a bet, like, who would win the world title first? I said, was that a real thing? And he said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, are you even friends with Stephen Williams? He goes, he's like, yes, we were great friends. We were a tag team. We were best friends. He's like... He's like, but there was there was no ever no talk about going to New York and Atlanta and winning titles. No, we just signed with different agencies and we went our separate ways. And I was like, oh fuck! Like, uh, my childhood has just been shattered, you know. Oh boy. So, and then I asked him who, which Steve Williams he preferred, uh, Steve Williams uh, Stone Cold or Steve Williams Doctor Death. And he said, Dr. Death. So there you have it. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and he managed Stone Cold. That's why, that's why I asked him. <laughs> I thought it was important because he brought Steve Williams into the WWE. And he was really good friends with Steve Williams. So, uh, yeah. So it's a good question to ask. It was, you know, it's, that's the one good thing about this podcast is uh, it's brought me to a lot of moments that i never thought i would ever have in my life and as a fan they're the best things ever so you know i'm always grateful for that let me ask you when you met the million dollar man yeah did you find he talked a lot no well when i first met him uh it was his first show uh doing a speaking engagement but he was a natural because he's a wrestler but he's also a preacher so he knew what he was doing, and he was good from the get-go. Whereas Ricky Steamboat, uh, his show was not like it took him a while to get going to get good at at doing it. But Ted DiBiase was good from the get-go. Like even when I said, "Oh, I'm sorry," you 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 mean when they they were on your show? Yeah, when they were on my show. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I because I'm picturing because when I met Ted DiBiase, it was at an autograph signing. Yes. Um, and there was, of course, a line behind me. And I asked him, you know, what his uh, favorite movie was. Because my favorite question for anybody at all walks of life is, who's your favorite wrestler? But when you're talking to wrestlers, yeah, you have to change it up. So I typically ask wrestlers what their favorite movie is. And um, he seemed incapable to me of just giving a one word answer. It was like, cause it, obviously Vince was with me and it made Vince very uncomfortable because there were people waiting in line behind us. Yeah. And we didn't want, I just wanted a quick, quick question, quick answer. We're going to leave. Yeah. And then I kept trying to walk away and he would not stop talking <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. It was incredible. No, he gives, I thought he, he was from when I saw him do his meet and greet, after the shows, I thought he gave his fans their moment. Like, most fans will come up and just want a picture, but then one fan will come up and be like, can you put me in the million-dollar dream? And he'll do that. He's very accommodating. Uh, there, I've seen fans come up with basketballs and be like, will you, you know, will you uh, sign my basketball? And then, and then they want to reenact the scene out. Like, I, when I asked him to do the podcast, He was, you know, I asked him to do a video with me where I said, okay, will you do this video with me? And he's like, what is it? And I was like, I want you to challenge me to eat three Pringle chips for $200 Canadian. 
and on the third chip, you just slap it out of my hand. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, he, he loved it immediately. So we taped it. It's fucking one of the most. I've done an hour long comedy special that airs nationally. I think I'm more proud of this Ted DiBiase video because I get to live that moment of the like the evil Ted DiBiase fucking me over and he laughs at it and he says I love it you know and it's just like it's so great I love this video and yet it's, it's under 100 hits <laughs> so right. it, it, it's pretty crazy um, what do you uh, what are you thinking of wrestling these days I mean AEW has you know is doing the best that anybody could be doing with the empty arena shit um uh, I, uh, I mean, thank God they're finally bringing people out on Raw now, but I mean, it's just, it's, 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 you know, they've got the sneeze guard or whatever it's supposed to be. I mean, I'm just, it, it looks, yeah, it looks like, um, in, in Canada before places went full on, there was smoking and non-smoke were phasing out smoking, but before you did it, right. there was like okay, you can have a smoking room, but it has to be completely glassed in. Or I don't know if you've ever seen those in airports where you look in and it's a glass room totally. and it's just filled with smoke. That's what it reminds me of, but there's no smoke. But it also reminds me of a hockey game. You put your wrestling ring in a It usually isn't a hockey ring to begin with, but the plexiglass is really close. And then here's my problem is, if you're creating a hockey game environment for your wrestlers to wrestle in, then your fans should yeah. act like hockey fans. And if the action spills outside the ring, they should be banging on the windows at at the at the wrestlers. You know? Like if you're watching yeah. if you're watching a fight in the Thunderdome and look at everybody, they're hanging off the cages, they're shaking the things. You know, these are all ravage savage wrestlers outside the ring. Why aren't they doing anything? Like AEW gives them purpose. Uh, why are you out there? They're betting on matches. They're trying. The gun show's trying to get over. Uh, you know, one girl's trying to get a date with someone. You know, there's all there's small little stories that AEW just does, and they just seem to be doing things better. But um, it has a very nitro vibe, which I love too. Like the the colors are very nitro, and uh, and yeah, and you guys talked about it on your show today. Um, or yesterday when this comes out, uh, and because I didn't hear anybody talk about it, but I'm like, after the Tyson Jericho split uh, pull apart, I'm like, how are people not going to compare this to Stone Cold and Tyson? Like, how is this going right. to be accepted? Because AEW is constantly saying we're going to do our own thing, but yet they're making jokes about WWE. Like Cody's last promo, he he put a insult out there to the wwe you know and it's just like i wish they would just not acknowledge like wwe didn't acknowledge anyone and that's why i loved it but i think aw suggesting i you know i was always the opposite i i thought it was strange that wwf never acknowledged other wrestling companies and then once you got into the mid 90s and they would from time to time like when they you know the ECW stuff, but even before the ECW, like, invasion and all that stuff, and, you know, they would sometimes acknowledge WCW, but I thought it was most interesting when they would bring in, like, you know, uh, 
But even even when um even when Andre was doing the giant machine gimmick, I remember Gorilla Monsoon saying, "Well, maybe it's Baba. We don't know that it's." Andre. I do remember that, and I do like that the the fact that they did do that <laughs> as well. Yeah. So I mean, with, with AEW, I don't mind. I kind of like that there's somebody on TV taking shots at WWE because you know, fuck them. They they they've been you know the the bullies on top of the mountain for so long that it's like. I like that there's somebody taking, you know, taking it to Vince. You know, it's great. Well, and in in there, and in there, and also there's a way of, like, oh, I always compare it to this. Okay. So, like, in the 90s, um, there was, you know, uh, MC Hammer came out and just started talking shit about Michael Jackson. Uh, And, like, 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 he just started saying, like, he's a better dancer than Michael Jackson. And he's a better dancer than Michael Jackson. And then he said he wants to challenge Michael Jackson to a dance-off. And when he's done, he's going to take the glove off of Michael Jackson and bring it to James Brown, who's the true king of dancing. Like, he basically cut a wrestling promo in in the public media and on Michael Jackson. And what it did was it put him, it put him in the conversation with Michael Jackson, MC Hammer. And the minute it puts... MC Hammer in a in a in a sentence with Michael Jackson, it kind of puts them up to that level, and it puts them in the same sentence. So you think of them being at the same level, but Michael Jackson would destroy MC Hammer in a fucking dance off. MC Hammer's best. So. MC Hammer's best moves are fucking basketball practice moves, you know, like shuffling, <laughs> and his arms shuffling, and like. And he needs baggy pants to make things look good. Like, you know, it's just... It doing was, grass drills. Yeah, it was fucking... He's doing calisthenics, whereas Michael Jackson's actually dancing. And it's just... But I feel like when AEW does it, it puts them in the... You know, it lifts them up to WWE's level because, you know, they're like, hey, look at us, but, you know... I just think that's why they're doing it, but WWE doesn't need to do it because they're on top, right? Like it's like right. That's that's the difference. Yeah, because it, it, yeah, if WWE acknowledges them, it. Uh, I mean, if, I feel like the only time that they have acknowledged them is when Triple H with the Hall of Fame was like, "Yeah, this will buy that piss and company just so we can fire you again, Billy." Exactly. But it it makes it makes them look petty. Yeah. You know? Because they're swinging down, uh, in a sense. Yeah, totally. They totally, I totally agree with that. And but it's like, but go on. No, go ahead. No, <laughs> but I like, but I don't mind it. Like it, it, it is good. And uh, like I, I barely watch uh, Raw these days and SmackDown. Um, That's rough. You know, I, rough. I, I have trouble. Like I used to have trouble making it through three hours with an audience. Uh, I can't make it through three hours without an audience, and um, no, because on top of it, like none of it's going anywhere, and it's and then it it adds to the futility of it because it's like, well, God, now there's not even there's not even a crowd. There's no, you know, it's it's stripped down. It's basically like WWF unplugged. Yeah, and then and then I'm like. You know, I'm left with this kind of skeleton crew, and it's awkward. And I'm like, and I'm like, it's it's hard enough watching it, but then it's, at the same time, I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of this because 
because it's just now they're billing like Randy Orton and Edge as the greatest wrestling match ever. I'm like, you guys just ruined WrestleMania. You know, yeah. like yeah. why? <laughs> like how dare you? <laughs> like promote it like that. Um, but all I wanted to say about AEW was do something with Mike Tyson. Yes, but like the last thing you should have done was a pull apart because that's the most iconic thing that came out of like you know exactly Austin and, and it's it, it, it's just that's insane to me. Like do something with Tyson. Yeah, do something with him. Don't do the exact thing. But like unless unless this leads to. A Tyson Jericho match, which Tyson never stepped into the ring with anyone when he was there. He sure he was uh, involved in the main event of WrestleMania 15 and maybe 14. Or, uh, 14. 14, Boston. And, um, yeah. you know, but he never got in the ring himself. I remember when he was supposed to be on Saturday night's main event, but he got knocked out by Buster Douglas, and Buster Douglas showed up on Saturday night's main event. But. So Tyson always has wanted to be involved in wrestling. I wouldn't be surprised sure. to see him. And after you see how well, like to me, my favorite Big Show WrestleMania match is with Floyd May Money, uh, Money Mayweather. I think that's his best match, and I think that's a great match from that WrestleMania. And um, you know, and I just think maybe Tyson can have a wrestling match. He looks good. He had his shirt off the whole time, it seemed like, at fucking double or nothing. I mean, if he's in there with somebody like Jericho, that is somebody who is clearly talented enough that could potentially, you know. Yeah, give him a good match. Look as good, look as good as he could. I mean, who knows? Um, I suppose it remains to be seen. AEW so far has not been a teasing kind of company and you know, uh, go like just dangling. They haven't dangled a lot in front of the audience, not delivered and not followed up. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I do. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how AEW looks by the end of the year. Um, I really think uh, AEW is really going to make its mark, and, and and I think they have somewhat. They so far. Uh, because WWE doesn't take tag team wrestling seriously. So I think if you're a tag team, the place you want to go is is AEW. Uh, because the tag teams eventually are going to be so good there. You know, um, now they have FTR there. Uh, and right. while well, the Young Bucks, we gonna, we're going to get to see a dream match that's been taking place in the young bucks brain for years you know and oh my uh, god yeah and and i think this is going to be <laughs> like a, a, a tremendous uh it's going to be a fantastic uh, it, it, you know it's just like it, exactly what i was talking about where where mc hammer all of a sudden puts himself in a sentence with everybody was talking that the revival were the top team in wrestling in the nxt heyday because they were beating guys like D- DIY and they were beating great tag teams in NXT, whereas, you know, the Young Bucks were the other team. So, you know, the Young Bucks want to put themselves in the in the conversation again. They just start fucking with the revival on their show. And how smart is that that here we are 
what, three years later, four years later, and finally we're going to get to see these matches, and they're not going to Vince McMahon them and fuck it up like Hogan Flair. We're going to get to see these matches, and they're going to be fucking fantastic. And I'm excited about that. I mean, it blows my mind. Like, I, I mean, I want to talk about this more in a second. How the how do you fuck up Hogan and Flair? You know? How do you? Like, I, 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 yes. How do you fuck that up? You know, let, the, let's let's put a bit in that for a second because all I wanted to say was um uh the the first uh New Japan show uh in the states um the one at the um. Uh, the Long Beach Convention Center, where they did the tournament for the uh, the North American title or the American title, whatever yeah. that thing is. Um, and this is obviously when Cody and Kenny and 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 the Bucks and everybody they were all still uh, a part of New Japan. Yeah. And I was not a regular viewer of Being the Elite. Um, I might have known that they had a show on YouTube, but you know, I. I I'm a SoCal guy, you know, I have been for the last, you know, what, eight years. Um, And PWG regular uh, would tune into the the Joey Joey and Candace show from time to time. You know, mostly looking for myself in the background of shows and stuff. But, you know, and I was like, oh, the the Young Bucks are doing their thing now, too. Cool. I had no idea what was happening when people in the crowd, they kept screaming, fuck the revival. And I was like, why do these people hate <laughs> the revival? And then I, you know, went into it and started watching those episodes. And it was like the funniest thing, seeing like how often like Cody, especially, you know, he's saying it all the time. <laughs> it was such a non sequitur. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. Um, so it will be quite something to finally see those matches. You know, I can't wait. But not only but that. Again, Go on. No, I was about to say. But again, how do you fuck up Hogan and Flair? There's no way. There's no way you fuck up Hogan and Flair. Like, Flair would have done the job to Hogan every night. I don't think his attitude was out of the control I think they could have had great matches. I can twenty minute matches is all you need from them. Just just give us the match that we want, you know, like uh you have perfect in Flair's corner, so there's an advantage. There's your your beat up Hogan, both of them, and then he oaks up and just you know, it's uh, give the fans what they want or, or have a, no contest, you know, like you know, like I honestly believe Flair would have been the first guy to punch Hogan in the balls while he's hulking up. You know, that's all it takes is you, no Hulkamaniac could you give him a low. He's the dirtiest player in the game. He's going to figure out a way to do it, you know. And uh, to me, the fact that they put the match out there as WrestleMania the headline and then they brought up and then, you know, oh, no, they put Savage and Flair together and Hogan and Sid and, like, you know, Hogan and Sid could not even compare to Flair and Savage or Piper no. and, and uh, Hart, for that matter. I, you know, though it wasn't even the top three. It wasn't even third. And it was so weird because Savage was coming, you know, Savage was the guy who was supposed to be retired. 
by the previous WrestleMania, and now he's the world champion. And the champion that retired Savage, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, is making the fucking comeback. It, it just shows you how fucked up that year would have was for the WWE. And it should have been Hogan, Flair, WrestleMania, and they should have built it up from the minute he stepped in with the title, the real world champion. Like, they did it right with Cena and The Rock a year ahead of time. You know, they could have did it. Like, the Mega Powers was a, a year-long build. It seemed like, you know, they could have done it right. And uh, they had it all, all the tools coming in. But the problem is, is with with WWE never mentioning their arrivals, a lot of their fans didn't know who the fuck Ric Flair was. It's the same thing with the Road Warriors going to WWE. They their fans knew demolition. They didn't know the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors look like the imitations by the time they got there. So Demolition won the majority of the matches. And it was just bullshit. That would never happen. You know? So Incredible. and it's Incredible. A, you know, it's crazy, you know, the way the way things work. On top of it, it's like they kept they did it at house shows, Hogan and Flair. Yes. And just giving that match away. It's like it's a I know. And they just gave away that match. You know, I mean, like to the house show crowds, but I mean, it's like, how, what you don't you don't take the main event of WrestleMania and just like they weren't doing Andre and Hogan like in Poughkeepsie. No, they weren't. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, so, no, but and then they're like, oh, it didn't draw, it wouldn't draw, it didn't draw. That's like, bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Because, like, what? It, 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 Mach, and Macho and Flair did draw? If Flair is the problem, it's not a problem. It's Hulk Hogan was on the way down okay. at that point. You know, yeah, like. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was a matter of, you know, uh, oh, Flair didn't want to do the job. Hogan didn't want to do the job. Flair fucking did jobs. He they had a break. It they, was Hulk. They Hulk, had was, no, Hulk was the problem. They had no problem doing it in WCW. They had no yeah. problem. You know, because Flair, it's 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 in Hogan's best interest to wrestle Flair in WCW because Ric Flair is a way bigger star in WCW than he ever was in WWE probably. You know, the way, especially down there. So, uh, in the, in the South. So the other thing has to be Hogan must have been petrified of anybody cheering Flair and booing him, uh, well, which I think that's I mean, a, a, a mania crowd. Like that's a flying crowd. Even back then, you're getting the hardcore wrestling fans. Yeah, you know he was he was risking a lot. Uh, you know, according to Jake the Snake, they shot an angle where he DDT'd Hogan on the at the snake pit and, and a bunch of the people in the crowd started t- chanting DDT and Vince just lifted Jake after they shot it. They never aired on TV and it was like, boy, you got the worst luck. And they never did the, the snake Hogan program because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally know. I totally remember that. And it's just like, yeah, I, I want to say, I feel like that happened in Ottawa. I want to, like, I'm not, I know there was a Jake the Snake funeral parlor segment in Ottawa, and I was there for, 
but I can't actually remember what one it was, but I know Jake was involved in it. So it might have been a Hogan-Jake one, but come to think of it, maybe not, because I don't even remember Hogan being there at the tapings, but I do remember Flair being there at the tapings and Bret Hart being there at the tapings. And actually, I found the entire card of the tapings that I saw those nights uh, at those tapings, those superstar tapings. So, uh, But Hogan was never a part of it. But um, but I do, I do think I remember that seeing uh, like Jake the Snake on with Hogan on the funeral parlor. But you know maybe they did, maybe they did get rid of it. Like I don't know, my mind's different. You know, um, I think I remember. I'm not sure what year or era this would have been. Oh, and also uh, a couple weeks ago you were talking about uh, we were you were talking about Owen. And being um, and the uh, and being the game and stuff like that. Um, so on yeah. Jericho's podcast, he did an Owen Hart special, and he had Meltzer on. And Meltzer was talking about the Shawn Michaels in your house that he was supposed to drop the European title to Owen, but he would drop it like he would get pinned by Owen, and that would put Owen at a top level. And yeah. um, so the, that that was supposed to happen, but then it was nixed for some reason, you know. And then eventually Owen was. It was when Owen was really like doing all those run-ins, and he had uh, right, you know, and he had the he had the confrontation with Vince, and he's I'm the black. He was the black heart, and he was basically doing Stone Cold's gimmick, coming through the audience and just attacking everyone. And did he uh, even have a goatee at the time? He did have a goatee. Yeah. So. Anyway, he had all that heat going on, and uh, they just squashed it, and they put him in the tag team with Jeff Jarrett, and then eventually the Blue Blazer. But the game thing was supposed to happen after the Blue Blazer, and it's crazy that you know the game showed up uh, maybe a month after Owen died. You know, that's when Hunter blurted out, "I am the game" for the first time. It was mid ninety nine, and Owen died in May ninety nine. So. You know, it's sort of funny how convenient uh, that all came to Hunter as soon as Owen was gone. But um, I don't think that Meltzer brought that up. I think Dave Alvarez was on an episode with Owen. I'm talking about Owen one time on Jericho, and he might have brought that up. But uh, I've seen it in other wrestling rumor videos, too. Like, it's it's just a rumor that, you know, he was supposed to be the game. And I think, you know, uh, since he's died, obviously that's when – you know, it's it's folklore now, but we'll never we'll never truly sure, really, sure. we'll never truly really know because uh, WWE's history is always revised and revisioned by whoever is currently writing it. So, you know, uh, it's very similar to history. Uh, Gene and Paul re- rewrite history as they see it, and uh, it doesn't really represent the total history of the band. So. What's uh what's the music video that Kiss has where um <clears throat> you know before the music starts it's this was from the no makeup era okay from the eighties and it begins like the little movie before the the music starts is yeah. Paul and Gene backstage putting on the makeup and they're actually discussing yes you know well, what if we didn't put the makeup on tonight? You know, we, we used to be just a regular band. We don't need this gimmick. Yeah. Well, we got to put on the makeup, Paul, because that's who we are. I think we could go out there without the makeup 
and I think we could just be just as successful as we were. No, they were wrong. They weren't. Um, That's right. Uh, it's The video is called uh, Rise to It, and it's from the Hot in the Shade album, and it was the lead single off that album, uh, Rise to It, was the lead single, because uh, Hide Your Heart was supposed to be the lead single, but it turns out Ace Frehley also bought the song Hide Your Heart and also released it at the same time. So his album competing with a Kiss album, uh, they both had their versions of Hide Your Heart. So it's kind of uh, like that's not in Kissery, but because it's involving Ace, and uh, that's why the song didn't do well because Ace's song is just as good as Paul's version. But um, I love it. You know, very, it's a very Megadeth thing. But it's true though. Like like in that in that video where they're talking about the rise to it. I mean, they're talking about the makeup thing. Uh, the fact is, they asked Doc McGee to represent them without makeup many times throughout the 80s. And Doc McGee always said to them, when you put the makeup back on, you can give me a call. And when they did, it turns out he was right because he's been with them ever since. And they've been doing nothing but making money ever since 96, you know, with the makeup back on. So it turns out, as long as you have the makeup on, you don't age. And uh, right. timeless, and you can just and you can replace members. You can have whoever you you can have whoever you want playing, you know, lead guitar and drums. Exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> That's the way they do it. You know, so what? Um, do you have a favorite? Because I, I I don't know if I say it on. I, I say it in life all the time. I don't know if I say it on We Watch Wrestling or on Justifying the Movie Collection. I feel like I may say it on We Watch Wrestling once in a while, because in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hope Casey is picking up on this. <laughs> because every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll say, forget about it, Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, I know, forget about it, Dave. That's uh, that's from uh, the video um, Crazy from the Heat, most likely, I think. It was from one, it was, it's the Picasso brothers, the characters that they did, from the from right. the California Video Girls, like California Video had this had the 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 play before the song of all those people that are on the tour and you know Dave Dave forget about it Dave you know, and uh, that's might have been from and that I don't know what video is from that might have been from Dave TV from I'm just a gigolo I, uh, I think it might be that one yeah but I think it, it's one of the you but they were supposed to do a movie. Of, of those characters and oh uh, God, that's one that. of the, that's and peter angelis who was dave's creative partner who helped create the videos and helped do everything uh he's also in those videos and they were known as the picasso brothers and uh they part of the thing was they had a movie deal and dave well, that's one of the reasons why dave left van halen was because he was going off to be a movie star and like when you watch those videos, he's doing so much more than just singing. He's acting. He's doing characters. He's in makeup, and he's in. He's like Eddie Murphy from the fucking Nutty Professor, or or Coming to America. You know, he's in so many different characters in these things. And or uh, Richard Pryor in Which Way Is Up? Exactly. But he, for David Lee Roth, it was called Which Way Is Out, as in Out of Van Halen. So, <laughs> Which Way Is Out of this band. Yeah, and, I uh, say those things all the time. I say, forget about it, Dave. I say, 
don't forget the locket. I say that all the time. Well, you always say Red Robin, but I want to know the history behind Red Robin. Why Red Robin? I know it's a restaurant. I don't know. It's just in my mind, that's the way that the, the it's, it's incorrect. But in my mind, the Red Robin jingle is do, 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 Red Robin. Yum. You know? Yeah. And then when I heard on a recent uh, Terry Gordy's birthday came by and Michael tweeted out that the last time they were together was on Terry Gordy's 40th birthday. All three Freebirds were together at a Red Lobster. And I was just like, to be a fly on the wall, you know, to, to be <laughs> at the next table or something. <laughs> Suddenly it turns into the Blues Brothers. It's just like, I want to be moved away from those three gentlemen, you know? Um, and so then it's, now it's turned into doot, 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 Red Lobster. I I often want, I think, okay, one time when I was in Calgary, I went to Red Lobster one time for uh, shrimp, like shrimp week or shrimp fiesta. Sure. And they yeah. had basically four shrimp dishes, but it was all the shrimp you could eat. And I went with another comedian. And we ordered all four different pl- all dishes, and we shared the four different dishes, and we ate it, and we ate way too much, and we felt bloated, and basically sick. And I think it was with Vince. I don't one hundred percent sure remember if it was Vince, but if next time you're talking to Vince, ask him if we went to a uh, Red Lobster for Shrimp Fiesta Week and ate as much shrimp as we could, and then fucking waddled back to the hotel because i'm pretty sure it was <laughs> but like oh my god like because you started i'll off, get to the bottom of that there was like shrimp cocktail and then there was like a shrimp um uh shrimp pasta and then there was like a skewers of shrimp grilled and then there was like a jambalaya or something like that but it was just like fuck man we ate so much shrimp and it seems like uh it might have been vince that i might have done it with because you know, we, he would have been starving as an opener. And I'm like, you know, I might have even paid as the headliner. But, uh, you know, I I just, I think he's in that memory with me. And uh, um, if not, I'm fucked because I can't remember who it would have been. But I'll see if I can I'll see if I can get this out of him next week. Yeah, ask him after the shrimp tails. Before we uh, before we wrap up, yeah. how many pounds of wings did you try to order at uh, <laughs> at that place in L.A.? Every Monday night beers, I think about when I watch Monday night beers <laughs> on YouTube. I think uh, about the night that I ordered eight pounds of wings. <laughs> there was and the girl was like, "What?" Yeah, I don't and she's like, and she's like, no, they don't eat wings. And I was like, just give me fucking eight pounds of wings. Like, everybody ate them. Everybody ate them, you know? I love that story. And then you're like, well, how many come in an order? Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck, I worked in restaurants my whole life. Eight pounds of wings is not even 80 yeah. wings. And there's 10 guys. Like, eight That is wings. a reasonable right. Yeah, it's not even a pound a person. I, I can eat and two pounds eight, eight by myself. Guys drinking. Exactly. Eight guys drinking, most of them smoking pot. It's like they're going to eat the wings. Michael Villa is a big motherfucker. He can eat a lot of wings. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I want a T-shirt that says that. Mike Avila is a big motherfucker. He can eat a lot of wings. He can. He can. <laughs> especially if he's cutting. Especially if he's cutting the cuts at his own shop. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I love it. Oh, I jeepers. love it. Um, okay, I'm not going to ask you what your favorite wrestler is because that's your thing. But uh, out of out of uh, all the live matches that you've seen, uh, do you have a three favorites? Because I know it must be hard to pick one. So. Hmm. Uh, it is hard to pick just one. Uh, there was a, um, I mean, at that New Japan show at the convention center, we saw Kenny versus Ishii, uh, I think in the finals of that tournament. That was an incredible match. Um, also, Young Bucks versus uh, the Golden Lovers at the Pyramid. Yeah. Was there a third team involved in that too, or was it just two-on-two. Two. I don't even remember, but I mean, that match was incredible. Um, maybe Cody versus Dustin. Uh, at double or nothing? You know. That's a classic. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was one of the, that might have been the best match I'd, I'd ever seen, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, aside from those, I mean, shit, I saw, um, you know, Taker and Triple H in the Hell in a Cell at that Mania. Yeah. Um, God, even even Hunter and Steph versus Kurt Angle and, and Ronda Rousey it's in a New fucking, Orleans. That was, that's top two uh, matches of WrestleMania. God, that was, it's tied for number one as far as I'm concerned. That was the most fun I can remember having at like, because that was a, it was a huge crowd. You know, you're in the Superdome and then it's just fucking mania and like that missed tag and it was like just that was such a perfect pro wrestling match that might be it i think um, maybe that one that, that dustin and cody um but there was also there was even like young bucks versus uh death by elbow that i saw at pwg that was yeah. unbelievable i think know? for me um i'm gonna say uh at a ring of honor war of the worlds the first year i went i was lucky enough to see uh Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against uh, SCU, but instead of uh, Scorpio Sky, you had uh, Tanahashi in there. So it's wow. yeah, Tanahashi, Daniels, and uh, Mazarian versus uh, the Elite, and this is in Toronto, and that that was like the first time I've seen them live. And uh, and it was amazing. The other match that night, uh, fucking Cody versus uh, Osprey was amazing. Um, so, but definitely the, the, just finally seeing the Bucks live and Omega live uh, was and Tanahashi. That's the night I met Tanahashi. Uh, the lineup for the Elite was just too fucking big, but nobody was. I I really regret not not. Meeting, um, um, Jesus, uh, oh fuck, uh, Naito. Like there was hardly there was no lineup for any of the Japanese guys, and uh, it was crazy. I like I regret not meeting Naito that night, and um, so that would have been one. Uh, the five on five uh, match from uh, Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown, the year of the Brock Goldberg match. It was like an hour mm -hmm. long. I think I saw Shane get concussed 
Jericho was in it. It had like all the top guys, and it was like the fucking the Shield was still together. They were in it. Like it was probably the best match. And then I also love uh, from another Survivor Series, the one with you and Vince. I loved Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. Like to me, yeah, you could have put that at WrestleMania without Becky, and I would have think. You know, I just I was upset about the end. I was like, why when Charlotte uses the kendo stick, why does she get disqualified when everybody else doesn't? Like, come on, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the match should have went on, and it was, you know. Now Daniel Bryan and Brock had a great match that night too, but there's Ronda's gone now, and it's just like, it, you know, I'm so lucky, and thanks to you guys, I'm so lucky that I got to see Ronda Rousey. Uh, wrestle in her moment in wrestling like and when she was champ and on a night where th- she was pissed off because she was booed at Staples Center like she was she was ready to quit the business yeah yeah but fuck dude she was so you know like fucking mad and she was so good like I really think WWE misses her like they need does a superstar to be front and center and yeah they let her go and and now it's funny because she went off to have a kid and fucking becky's having the kid so becky's gone for two years so you know it's just uh it's fine we lose them both so it's interesting the way it is uh you know it's only a matter of time for tessa blanchard eventually goes to wwe and we can have our charlotte tessa blanchard feud which is eventually what i want but you know, yeah, uh, it's going to be cool watching AEW and what's uh, taking place there with the revival going. And uh, I would think that Zack Ryder and Curtis Hawkins are on their way there, too, eventually. Uh, you know, the talent that they're going to pick up in the next uh, bit is going to make wrestling a lot more interesting. So with that said, uh, where can we find you online? Because uh, we know you're not doing much live shows these days. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at McCarthy Redhead and the We Watch Wrestling Podcast comes out every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts and on Fridays I do the Justifying My Movie Collection where I, I watch a, a one video a week from my massive video collection and then uh, Mondays I have a relationship podcast with my beautiful and talented wife Glennis called I Love You Okay so check those out and coming up in a couple of months, his son's going to have his own podcast called Growing Up McCarthy. <laughs> Would you be, That's right. Imagine your son have like, imagine once six, though, like a six-year-old with a podcast, like having the first podcast or something like that. That would be, I know. I'm sure parents are trying. Oh, my God. Uh, thanks for coming on today, Matt. It's been two years since you've been on the show. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, crazy. It has been crazy. Uh, yeah, it's. I looked it up. You were like episode forty-five, and we're like one sixty. We're a few behind. We're we're two hundred behind you. I know that, but we're around the same. We're like one sixty around that, or something like that. But no, maybe maybe three hundred behind you. I don't know. We're all, we're years behind you. But regardless, uh, well, thank you for. Well, I love up. talking to you, man. Uh, I miss you very much. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you soon. I hope so. Uh, Vince uh, says that uh, I have to go back. Uh, I have to be back down in L.A. by November, 
because uh, I might be the reason for this curse to start. So uh, that I was in November the last election. So, I mean, I was in L.A. the last election. So I have to be in L.A. this election <laughs> in order to make things right. I hope that's the case. That's right. We, we have to, yeah, we have to set everything right again. Yeah, because if I'm down there and and the worst possible thing happens, I'm going to be lynched and, and, and murdered probably. And, uh, you know, and I won't even be talked about on anybody's murder podcast at that. So, you know, it'll be the, the worst thing ever. But until then, I hope I can come down in November and see you guys. And I hope by then uh, wrestling will be back to normal and things will be somewhat normal. And uh, if not, my big goal is WrestleMania is in California for a reason. So, you know, it's uh, it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a grand old time when we get to uh, do WrestleMania in uh, Los Angeles. So uh, yeah, yeah. So until until then, uh, you know, you can catch uh, Matt weekly. We watch wrestling on Wednesdays, and uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for letting us put a headlock in your ears. And uh, have a great day, and stay safe, and stay home, and uh, Black Lives Matter, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we need to say. Have a great day, and thanks for joining us. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.